Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. A few weeks ago, my broadcast, Too Many People, generated some letters. In that show, I discussed the very real problem of human overpopulation of the earth. I also added a quotation from Dr. William Pierce on his vision of a future all-white North America with a self-sustaining all-white population of 50 million, much smaller in numbers than the current white population of our continent, with cities no larger than 10,000 souls. In other broadcasts and articles, I've discussed the increasingly overt Jewish elite promotion of a depopulation agenda in the West and condemned it. And I have also been very clearly pro-natal, advocating for the birth of more high-quality white children now more than ever. The general tone of the letters has been more or less this. Mr. Strom, which is it? Which is better? More babies or fewer babies? You seem to want more. But Dr. Pierce's vision, which you seem to endorse, coming to pass, means that 150 million white people in North America have to die. That doesn't sound very pro-white to me. And you can't have it both ways. The short answer to these seekers and critics is this. Depopulation agenda or not, there will be depopulation. Overpopulation will be followed by population collapse, as always happens in nature. We need to position ourselves so that our population, that is the white population, is not among those whose collapse is total. We need to arrange things so that the survival of the white race is assured and that we come out of the approaching crisis healthy and prepared to grow into the new spaces that merciless nature will create for us. We need to make sure that we are not the ones falling away to make space for others. So yes, it does make sense, and there is no contradiction. We need more high-quality white children to ensure that we have the brains and the life energy and the military and technological power and sufficient simple biomass to defeat the armada of hungry mouths that will descend upon us ten or a hundred times more than are already descending upon us when the overpopulation crisis reaches its peak. Overpopulation means an end to the politics of plenty. When we have so much of everything, we can just give it away without severe consequences. 
That nonsense will end flat. Either we'll come to our senses and stop doing it, or if we don't, there will be an end to us. There will be a renewed war of survival between nations and races. That war will determine which populations will decline and disappear, and which have a chance to go on living. We should be thinking in terms of doing far better than merely having a chance, too. We should be thinking in terms of winning and gaining and making our position impregnable and our racial state undefeatable when we come out at the other end of the time of darkness and chaos and war. The crisis of human overpopulation is very real. The y-axis number cannot continue to move near vertically much longer without running into the limits of the Earth's resources. And long before that happens, life on Earth will become unlivable for us, grotesquely overcrowded, horribly regimented, overwhelmingly non-white, and characterized by a desperate scramble for disappearing necessities, and increasingly incompetent and deranged authorities, without the slightest chance of solving even the simplest problems, much less the crisis as a whole, and a growing certainty that there is no hope that the future will be even more hellish than the present, that life is not worth living. We're already experiencing some of that already. Imagine all of that quintupled or multiplied by ten or by one hundred, and you'll get my point. Suicide rates are already at the highest point we've ever seen in the United States, and in the extremely unhealthy, formerly white nation of Canada, the system is actually encouraging suicide now on the flimsiest of pretexts. As life becomes cheaper and cheaper, and unless the National Alliance succeeds in its goal of spiritual renewal among our folk, with the inculcation of a new and true sense of purpose. That's only going to get worse. Our people, even when not yet educated on the realities of race and Jewish power, have an increasing sense of foreboding, a sense that they are regarded as the problem by the system and are slated for death. What about Dr. Pierce's vision of a lower population density, even among whites, once our existence is secure? Well, once the world stage has been cleared of any serious competitors, and no one knows what the numbers will be when that happens, we will have the luxury of designing 
and implementing any population policies we want. At such a point, we may find ourselves agreeing with Benjamin Franklin that because of simple supply and demand forces, a smaller population means that earnings are higher and at the same time land is cheaper, making for happy and prosperous families. Furthermore, straining the Earth's resources to the point where we can easily predict that they will run out in but a few centuries seems extremely stupid. Better to err on the side of caution, have a resource safety buffer of many millennia, if at all possible, and terminate early and with maximum economy and with extreme prejudice any threat from other peoples which would force us to lose or abandon said safety buffer. Such a buffer, among many other benefits, gives us time to do whatever needs to be done to make our race an interplanetary race. Stop betting 100% on the continued existence of a livable Earth, which is the furthest thing from guaranteed, and increase the chance of Aryan humanity surviving in the long term. The great writer Andrew Hamilton tells us in his The Importance of Population Structure and Dynamics, quote, Given replacement migration, exceptionally high non-white birth rates, sub-replacement fertility among whites, and widespread culturally encouraged hybridization with non-whites in all formerly white homelands around the world, the opposite ends of the national age spectrum everywhere now feature a predominantly white elderly population and an increasingly non-white youth population. As a consequence, former first world nations are composed more and more of non-whites and hybrids. The process is taking place with lightning speed. Thanks to an indispensable assist from dishonest media, academia, and governments, plus draconian and repressive laws, even white racialists, never mind the public, fail to grasp the urgency of the situation. The aging and death of baby boomers born between 1946 and 1964, currently in progress, will in short order eradicate a numerically large proportion of the remaining white populace. Despite the lack of precise data, we nevertheless know the overall trends. So revolutionary and sweeping are the top-down social changes that have been imposed. To better understand the crisis, it is helpful to employ a demographic tool known as the population pyramid. A population pyramid is a graphical representation of the distribution of age groups, usually by country or region, shaped like a pyramid when populations are young and growing. There are three basic shapes. The classic pyramid 
a young, rapidly growing population with a high birth rate. This is characteristic of many non-white races today and of vibrant subpopulations such as Orthodox Jews. The box, a stable replacement level population characterized by low infant mortality, little or no demographic growth, and long life expectancy. The inverted or upside-down pyramid, low birth rate, collapsing population, long life expectancy. This is characteristic of the white race. Close quote. In the text version of this broadcast, I'll show you what a couple of these pyramids look like. Let me describe them. They're a series of bar graphs centered horizontally. The bottom bar graph represents the youngest segment of the population, and the top bar graph represents the oldest segment of the population, with several bar graphs of the various age demographics in order between them. As Mr. Hamilton tells us, we can have a population whose graph is a classic pyramid shape of many children and fewer older people, representing a rapidly growing population. A box shape representing a stable population with roughly equal numbers in each age cohort. Or an inverted pyramid where the tiny number of children is tasked with eventually caring for a huge number of elderly and the population is collapsing. No one who cares about our race, certainly not I and certainly not Dr. Pierce while he was alive, wants the last of these, a collapsing population. What we do want when we regain control of our destiny once again is the ability to decide for ourselves what our population and population growth shall be and make efforts with as much room for the freedom we love as possible within the limits of our goals to make that population optimal for the survival and progress of the white race. There may be times, long periods of time, when the stable, square-shaped population pyramid graph will be best for us. There will be others when adjustments, not too radical, one hopes, will need to be made in one direction or the other, always keeping in mind that our children and our fertility and natality must always be held as good and indeed sacred things. Mr. Hamilton adds, quote, The connection between demographic strength and political power has long been recognized. As the white population contracted, nations became markedly more tyrannical in the communist sense, characterized by closed, untouchable, uncriticizable elites, not unlike an imperial god cult, universal surveillance, and the criminalization and rigid suppression of thought, speech, association, and authentic political activity. 
So overwhelming now is alien control of the culture that even the psychological mores and institutional structures essential to biological and cultural survival have been systematically and efficiently expunged. Diminished numbers, lack of political influence, and the rapid growth of totalitarian racist institutions have occurred hand in hand. It is a vicious, ever-accelerating cycle that becomes harder and harder to break the more time that passes. Close quote. That brings me to my most important point. To survive and eventually seed the stars with our sacred genes. To progress to higher man and beyond, we must first ensure that the white race can live securely on the earth for many centuries. To do that, we must have a territory that is exclusively ours, where no other races are present. A government that is answerable to us alone. A leadership stratum which is incorruptible and dedicated to our race's survival and progress as a sacred religious duty. A population that is also imbued from its earliest years with the same spiritual outlook and sense of identity and destiny. A morality that leaves no room for foolish falsehoods like human equality or the placing of any value higher than that of white racial survival. A life dedication of every member of society to the ever-increasing health and strength of the community which gave him birth. A general sense that each healthy white child, each white life, has a special sacredness that nothing else possesses or can ever possess. And lastly, societal goals and policies that are consonant with all of the above. We need to think in such terms, in these terms, or we are dead. Are our jab-pushing, dollar-obsessed, open borders, Israel and Jew-worshipping, multiracialism-pushing, perversion-promoting leaders thinking in such terms? Are white Americans thinking in such terms now? Are Europeans? Are white people anywhere on earth thinking in such terms? A few are. We are. We are the members of the National Alliance. We are the supporters of the National Alliance. We are the men and women who have made these responsibilities our own. <laughs>